Hello, and welcome to episode 69 of Expertise is Overrated, the podcast that takes the time to answer the questions you didn't know you didn't want the answers to. I'm Sean. And I'm Vib, and neither of us has any clue what we're talking about. Much like the writers of season one of Rings of Power. Am I right? Doesn't really get better the second time, but... um, (sighs) We weren't going to say anything. I mean, I was always going to say something, and you damn well know it. You're literally the worst. I like to give the the viewers, the the listeners, the readers... Uh, Hopefully viewers. The everybody's, the, you know, exclusive look behind the scenes, behind the curtain that is the... It's not exclusive if you give it to everyone. I might edit this out, you don't know. As my mother once told me. Sorry. Well, I think that's just our cue to move straight on. <laughs> Rings of Power. <laughs> uh, Rings of Power where season is two. It, where is where is season two of Rings of Power? Where is season two of Rings of Power? It's a very good question. Um, I just landed on the Wikipedia site, and there's like one episode listed on it, but like oh. no, no information beyond that. <laughs> just, or is it just episode one like, with no? Yeah, episodes number overall. Uh, yeah, no, number overall nine, number in season one, title to be announced, directed by oh, so Charlotte Brandstrom, written by To Be Decided. <laughs> there will be an episode at some point. Um, so so it sounds like it's still a, a ways off, um, I guess. Next summer? Or this coming summer, maybe? Maybe. Autumn? That'd be two years since... Well, you know, sag after strikes um, that have now been yeah. resolved, I do believe. I think they've been resolved, but that's, I suppose, fair. It's entirely fair. If, I mean, we had a debate yeah. about strikes the other day, didn't we? We did. Um, we did. And sorry, when I say fair, I think it is fair that it be delayed because of the writers' strikes. I'm oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. In, no, I, I... Entirely in favour of everyone and anyone striking as often as they can. Which is, I'd like to just paint me. I'm not who, a, yeah. who can't, who isn't that, but uh, you very much are. Um, very, yeah, it just saddens me. I'm not a member of a trade union, but none of them will have me. Well, I'm sad that I'm a member of a union, and whenever we strike, it seems to be entirely ineffectual. Yeah, your union's quite, quite rubbish, isn't it? Well, it is and it isn't. Uh, we only have power in terms of th- those, those of us who interface with students. Because once you start affecting the student body, everybody starts to pay attention. <laughs> yeah, I suppose. Just generally being a, an academic who doesn't teach. Maybe you shouldn't have any strike power. Because, you know, your value to society is so abstract at that point. Wow. Oh, okay, we're going into no. a very different episode today, are we? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, The I value I, I of think, academia in society. I think there's absolutely a Patreon episode here. Um Yes, um, which should be know. out. We should be live on Patreon. We no, that's the wrong thing Patreon. to say. We're definitely not live on Patreon right now. We have. We, we should, should have a Patreon. <laughs> it it should now be possible for you, the listeners, to give us money. Yes, exciting. In, <laughs> which for us is a very exciting prospect. I hope you're also um, just holding two thumbs up to the camera like an absolute lunatic. I am now. <laughs> Cheers. <laughs> Mm. This is this is awkward because we're recording video, but we can't see each other. I know. We should. Which, well, I'd say we should do video calls on Discord I, to maybe make it a bit more interactive. We should I actually genuinely know. consider that. We 
should, but I don't know if my connection and my CPU can handle recording video and recording audio and streaming audio and streaming video. That feels like a lot to ask of a no eight-year-old computer. I said, the point is that our PCs are both ancient. Um, yeah. yeah. And I'm amazed that I don't think anyone can ever hear what I hear when I record these episodes, which is my laptop absolutely <laughs> chugging. <laughs> it's free heating in a way. Yeah. Oh, what am I running? I've got 1070. 1070, yeah. Me too. But a laptop which, 1070, which is inferior to, to yours in many ways, I'm sure. It's Yeah, it's really important that you remember that fact. But like, no, I mean... Anyway, um, it, we should we should try it. We should try it because that'd be good. Um, it, it yeah, it gives you something more to look at because I, I tend to just look at my 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 um, traces. Anyway, this is all unimportant stuff. Um, strikes sag after it. No, very fair that they struck. Strike striked. They were on strike. They were on strike. <laughs> no, yeah. So they were they were on strike, and that has by necessity delayed an awful lot in. Hollywood, but yeah, I mean, Wheel of Time managed to get out its second season, but also much later than I think anybody anticipated it. Yeah. Right? Yeah, there was a two-year gap, but, I think. But Wheel of Time was it that much? Was it a two-year gap? Because Wheel of Time season well, two came out nearish the end of last year, right? As in, yeah, Q4, as about months, I think. And yeah, towards the end of twenty twenty-three, which I think was about eighteen months after season one. Because it was a mm. little bit before Rings of Power. And that's Rosamund Pike, who I think has since done quite a few projects. She, she's in like Saltburn, Saltburn stuff, isn't she? I really want to watch. I don't know if you've seen it. <laughs> I haven't, although I have seen Oppenheimer now. Okay, wow. Um, you're um, yeah, no, I'm miles the party. Shut up. <laughs> I'm sh- shut up. Uh, I liked it. I liked Oppenheimer, though. That was very, very good. Um, you know the I'm film I can sad. recommend is uh, Jurassic Park. Very good. Uh huh huh huh. I was waiting for you to say whatever the new one was, Dominion or whatever, and then I was going to shout at you. But no, you're just recommending films from the '90s because that's funny. I mean, I recommend good films from the '90s because it's funny. Yeah, all right, so fair funny. enough. Um, the Oppenheimer is a great film. Um, yes. Yeah. We, my wife and I, were going to do. Bar Barbieheimer, Bar where you watch Barbenheimer, Barbenheimer, yeah. Barbenheimer, where you watch both the Barbie movie and Oppenheimer. But it took us two nights to watch Oppenheimer, and neither of us could be bothered to watch the Barbie movie he's, as well. It's a long film, is um, is Oppenheimer, yeah, yeah, but good. Are you keen to, th- to, think- to, to hear what you think about Barbie? Actually, it's it's a it's a confusing film in some respects, or well, controversial film maybe. Maybe we should do an episode on the Barbie movie and just absolutely throw everything. Barbie watch along. Barbie watch along. I think you we're know. we're exactly the wrong kind of people to be talking about the virtues of the Barbie film. But yes, let's that have a go. That might make it perfect. That might make it perfect. Uh, right. <laughs> let's pull this back again. Strike. Rings of power. So, but I mean, speaking of, of quality, so, so rings- Rosamund Pike. Yeah, Rosamund Pike. Yeah. So I'm back on track. Speaking of quality, I guess, the Rings of Power Season 1, we, we did a, a review episode when yes. Rings of Power hit. And it was one of those weird ones, right? Because I think we both quite liked it as it was going on. And I think, yeah. certainly for me, it sort of then passed into 
not obscurity. What's what's the sort of phrase I'm looking for here? Iniquity. Yeah. Sort of. I'd, I'd watched it, forgot about it, and then I, I I can't really bring myself to go back to it. Well, not, not bring I, myself, I, but I'm wondering this: has it got worse over time having not watched it more? Like, I think it might have done for me when we spoke about it in our review. I think we both gave it six or seven out of ten. Seven, I think we both gave it. Mm. But I don't think I'd give it seven out of ten. No, having not gone back to rewatch it, I th- I think it's retrospectively got worse the more I think about it. Oh, I don't but know I'm not really sure why. I I don't think I would say that. I feel like a not going back to watch a seven in that space of time is perfectly reasonable. Like that's true. There's there's plenty of things out there to watch that I think mm-hmm. it has to be probably in the nines for me to have rewatched it this soon. That's true. I mean, I'm still doing my supernatural rewatch. I um, have plenty. I still haven't <laughs> seen your Marvel all of Loki. Oh, it's completely died. I just, I just can't. I've got to. I don't even know where I've got to. I forgot. But like. I've done Ragnarok. I think I've done Ragnarok. I think you did Ragnarok, yeah. I think I'm, you were I'm, mid end game or something, or mid Infinity War, maybe. I, I think I'm in mid Infinity War, and I'm just like, I know that I've only got two or three good films left. And if then that, there's a whole bunch of. Yeah. Yeah, and then there's the odd, really, really good film. But if I want to go and watch Shang-Chi, I'll just go and watch Shang-Chi. Like, <laughs> please don't, please don't make me watch Ant Man and the Wasp. Or Eternals, or any of like those in between. Black Widow, you know, no, thank you. I, I do kind of want to go watch Eternals again. Okay, yeah, all right. I, there I, is I, a little bit <laughs> of me that wants to go watch Eternals. <laughs> sort of a, a schadenfreude thing, you know? Um, but It can't be as bad as we remember it being. That's the thing, right? That's the thing. And and this, again, Rings of Power is one of these where it, it wasn't so bad that I think it'd be comical to go back and watch it now. I think I think that's almost its problem. It was just fine. Average. Um, it was just fine. The sweeping visuals are great, but equally, I could just watch the Lord of the Rings movies and I'd actually get yeah. a much, much, much better experience. I cannot stress yeah. how much better an experience that would be. I mean, there's a case to be made that one and a half of the Hobbits films is better. Than Rings than of Power, season time. one. Yeah. Why? Oh, could I make the case that all three of those films are better than Rings of Power season one? Not a hundred percent of all three films. That's my because you've got That's such the... a cop out. But you're right. I know. <laughs> <laughs> you're absolutely right as well. Sixty-six <laughs> percent of those films, or not sixty-six percent, something like that. Sixty percent of those films are really good, but it's spread across three films. And the issue is the thirty three percent that isn't that it, that isn't good is is really not good. Is the the elf dwarf romance plot, or I don't even. It's know essentially the entire Stephen fight on the ice plateau. Or Stephen Fry, fight actually. on the, oh, which is heresy to say, but, but also Stephen so Fry, uh, Alfred, like, uh Orlando Bloom's face not moving enough. Anyway. Why does his face not move in all of those films? It's really weird, no? 
<laughs> he was he was absolutely fine in Lord of the Rings. He was great in Lord of the Rings, and then they decided that like he was to... way too emotive. I guess I don't know. I think because they're trying to make him look exactly like Legolas in Lord of the Rings, despite the fact that Orlando Bloom has aged a little bit, so they've like stuck cardboard to his forehead or something. I mean, he has aged, but I mean, not, if he has aged badly. pretty well, he's, I think Orlando Bloom's aged, up there. He's aged okay. Yeah. Yeah. He's done okay. He looks all right. Speaking of, of then, uh, let's let's see. Can we get Orlando Bloom into season two of Rings of Power? We shouldn't. But we could. But we could. Do we know if Legolas was around in the Second Age? No, because Thranduil was. He said, I said that really aggressively. Yeah. And then you stop because you realise that Thranduil probably was around in the Second Age. Yeah. I get Legolas's branch confused. Where does Orifer come in? Is that Thranduil's father? Oh, you, we always have this debate and I always forget. We always do. No, it's um, it's not. Um, is Orifer? Oh, it doesn't matter. I don't think Legolas should be in Rings of Power. For one very important reason, it's not Jackson's canon. It's a different. Orifer was the father. Canon. Yeah. Um, yes, yes, it is. Well, hmm, uh, now then, it has <laughs> to be. It has to be, or no, not has to be. It should be. Mm. Because then bits of it not making sense in the context of Jackson's films don't ma- doesn't matter. Jackson's film is are an interpretation of Tolkien's work. Mm-hmm. Rings of Power is also an interpretation of Tolkien's work. They're two different interpretations, but they can both exist side by side and not affect each other. Mm. Except... In a few ways, they're too close. Yeah, I think that's an argument you could have made before season one, Ed. I think it was an argument I was making quite loudly before season yeah, one. Yeah, I think it was, yeah. I think it was. But then, then, but then it went, took some directions where you think, hmm, he's sort of trying to lean into it a little bit. Well, it's, it's fine for there to be overlap, because... They're drawing from the same source material, so they will touch on the same elements. But they're, but they're not, right, ultimately. I think the whole point, certainly the whole point that I was trying to make when it came to season one is is that the source material they have is quite um, lacking, right? So, so there true. was there was plenty of freedom for the take for them to take um, plenty of directions or to, to use characters that we didn't necessarily know by name, but they didn't do any mm-hmm. of that. And now... They supposedly have the rights to at least part of the Silmarillion. Is this true? I, I don't know. Been able to track this down, but I've read that as well. So, so this is the, part of the rumor mill, I suppose. I don't know they, if this has yeah. been confirmed. They they went out and went. We need more. So they've got elements of the Silmarillion. I heard. So jumping straight onto rumors that we've heard. I heard they got the music of the Einar. They have the rights to recreate the music of the Ainur yeah. section, which and is like, which is jokes because how on earth are you going to fit that into this this TV show? Sauron's backstory, which I think is what a lot of season two ah, is but, going to focus that, on. That is such a stretch, though, isn't it? The whole 
You're going to stretch the music of the Iron to Sauron without talking about well, literally all of the First Age. Well, he would have been there. Oh, I don't know if that's true. He would have been there because all the Maiar were there. I don't know if that's true. I'm going to put my foot down and declare. Well, all the Ainur were there. It's the music of the Ainur. Of which Sauron is one. And Ainur aren't jumping in and out of existence. We don't get new Ainur. Yeah, but it... It's not all of the Maya, I think, is my contention. And I don't know if Sauron would have been there. I don't see any reason why it wouldn't have been all of the Ainur. It's really annoying because my copy of the Silmarillion is downstairs. Which Mine, mine's the, just a little bit too far away. <laughs> uh, I, so I think the theory is they're going to try and explain why Sauron is the new Dark Lord. So what is it that drives him? So he will be... I don't want them to humanise him, because that's already sort of happened with Halbrand. I don't need Myron, so Sauron as Myar, to be humanised. But they might try and explain why he turned from Aule to Malkor. I guess. But... Do we care, frankly? Do we Do we care? I, like, Because they've already set up Sauron to be the great enemy mm-hmm. right of the show, as in that's literally minute one of episode one. <laughs> yes. Um, and as you say, we've already had a sort of storyline where, you know, is, is he Sauron, is he not Sauron? And they're probably going to go down on that by introducing Anatar. Yeah. Um, and then... Well, they are good, yeah. We have an actor for Anatar, don't we? We supposedly have... An, well, I, don't, I, don't, I think that is actually confirmed, right? That we have an actor for, for Anatar, which is, which is exciting. I think, uh, so. I think that, that is a cool storyline to explore. And I really like the idea of doing Anatar as a completely different face of Sauron. Rather than just putting Halbrand in some nice clothes and giving him a shave. Because Sauron's whole thing is being a deceiver. Yeah. A shapeshifter. So actually have him shift his shape to a completely new persona. I really like that. It makes a lot of sense, right? I mean, mm. you have to do that. Because the whole point is that he's supposed to essentially be able to fool people again. Yeah, that, that is also the problem. He's going to go and hang out with Celebrimbor. And oh. Celebrimbor has met Halbrand. Well, I think Galadriel Sauron Romance Season 2. Hello. Oh, That's God. what we're all here for. Sticker on a horse where, and who knows what's going to happen. That sounded Where wrong, is Caliborn? I want Caliborn. I'd rate it if they just never write him into the show at all. But, he, but never explain it. He's mentioned, though. He's mentioned. Yeah. But just don't, well, just don't, just just don't go there. He's character. Yeah. That'd be really funny. And at the end, he's just stood right next to Galadriel all along. <laughs> It just was. Caliborn is also there. Or <laughs> yeah. well, he'll be the sort of the the ex machina that they use to win some big battle. Yeah, Caliborn turns up with a host of Noldor out of absolutely yeah. nowhere at, to, to, at the Battle of the Last Alliance. <laughs> it's like, where did you get these 20,000 high elves from? It's like, ah, don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's fine. fine. 
It's cool. Or worse, or worse, he's come from Valinor. Yes, that would be worse. He's, he's like leading um, the host of Wrath or something, which would make even even less sense because they have no business being here at this time. But that would be so funny. The doom has been lifted for this one last act. <laughs> oh, it almost writes itself, except it's so bad. If you're looking for two new writers, Rings of Power... Um, Do you need absolute hack writing? Non-unionised. That's, That's true. a terrible thing to say, isn't it? <laughs> it's true. Scab. Scab. <laughs> oh, if I cross a picket line, my ancestors will dis- disown me. Oh, well, cross that bridge when we come to it. I'll take the money. I think I think my my, um, my grandfather, my dad said I think was like a union leader. So yeah, I think I would also be disowned. Anyway, <laughs> we're going to get some Anatar. That's going to be very good. I also want some Halbrand because I thought Halbrand was a very good Sauron. Halbrand was so charismatic, I know, while right? still managing to be like obviously a wrongen. Yeah, but there was always, we spoke about this in our review, there was always a little bit of a, is he just a, like, regular wrong'un, though, rather than Yeah, you were a big Sauron. fan of this, right? You weren't convinced that he was necessarily Sauron, whereas I, 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 was, I, I thought he was. I was, like, was. 90% convinced he was Sauron. I still can't believe but, that this was not more common as a, as a theory amongst people that, that he was, in fact, Sauron. That blew my mind. <laughs> yeah, no, I remember talking about this, and you and I were very confused because when we did did a little bit of research, it turned out that lots and lots of people didn't think that Halbrand was going to be Sauron. Like, lots of people who weren't Tolkien fans were just like, that guy, no, not a chance. Yeah, it was all it's about the obvious. wizards. Right? It was all about the stranger. Meanwhile, you and I were like, no, he's like, 99% that Sauron. Well, you were more convinced than I was. It was just too, too, yeah, there was something too slimy about it, right? Yeah, I think, well, that's exactly right, but I think a lot of, for a lot of people, he was too obvious because he had that little bit of a wrong'un about him. He looked <laughs> like a bait and switch. People were looking for, nah, who's. The, who seems fairer and smells fouler. Yeah, but I think that's exactly it. They they really leaned into that little line from the films. Because they they, yeah. they made Halbrand look like he, the way he did. And sort of kingly, right? They gave him that whole backstory. But yeah. he just felt foul throughout. I think it was really well acted. It was. It was. And it, it, it was so up and down as well. Because there were definitely times when he was sort of oozing charisma. But there was always just that little side and I think oozing charisma is a phrase that I use quite frequently, but it actually fits here. He was almost, like you said, slimy in his charisma-ness. Yeah. But also, that's, it's that's, it's like super impressive if you think about what, what Sauron is and what he's capable of, that, that he kept up that facade. Yes. Yeah, and then disappeared true. into a stream. Did disappear into a stream. I'm going to say turned into like a bat or something and flew away. That's a bit Dracula, but sure. He does that when he fights Luthien. I mean, yeah, but, you know, still a bit Dracula. That's also the first age. 
It's also the first it's also agent. The first agent. All the rules are different. And I think when you're facing um, Luthien, that's you know acceptable. You just find a way. And the best dog ever. Yeah. So yeah, looking forward to some Anatar and Halbrand slash Sauron mm. storylines. Yeah. Which which is weird because I I feel my I feel myself not being particularly excited for Numenor. I don't know why that, that all sort of fell flat with the Lendil being the exception. I quite liked Numenor, but it seemed too. What's the right word? It felt too Game of Thronesy. It did and it didn't. It felt like budget Game of Thrones. Mm. Like Numenor felt small. That's the right word. Numenor felt small. This didn't feel like the greatest, arguably the greatest civilization ever. Which is sort of what Numenor is in Tolkien's writings. Like Numenor, when fully assembled, is the mightiest military force ever assembled. Again, I'm not sure I would believe that. It's 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 vaguely written about in the Silmarillion. It, it, vaguely, yes. And yes, there's probably an argument to be made that if you're a massive elf lover as you are, the ho- the hosts of the Noldor and their pomp are mightier. But like the the overall point stands. I was, I was partly thinking if think. you empty Angband, I think <laughs> Numenor would would wither pretty quickly. But. Yeah, no, it's, it's true. They're, they're supposed to be that, right? And I think they did such a good job of introducing Numenor like that with all the sweeping, beautiful vistas and making it look all grand. But then everything that happened there it felt fe- so small. <laughs> it felt like the BBC Rome series. Do you remember that? <laughs> yeah, it's actually a really good example. Like it, in, in a lot of ways, it didn't. But there was something about the scale of it. If you compare it to... I don't know what's a good counterexample, but like Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones always felt big because it was shot in such a way that even when there weren't that many people in shot, the scenes that they were in felt big and grand. And Numenor, for me, never really felt like that. But it's also because um, I think the stakes were just a little bit weird, right, at first, when Numenor gets introduced. Like, Eladriel yes. shows up with this sort of idea of that there's an enemy, but there's, like, zero proof of there being an enemy... It's just like yeah. really, this is this is the mightiest kingdom, or I guess queendom at that at that point really, in Middle Earth, and, th- and this is sort of what what's galvanized them into action. I, th- I don't know. I didn't. I didn't really buy it. No, and I like Farazon, soon to be our Farazon. I think he's great as an actor and as like as a yeah. as a casting, and, and he's very well written and all of that. But he just. He seemed because Numenor feels small. He felt small. It feels insignificant, like, right? He feels insignificant. He doesn't feel like a man who will lead his entire people to war with the gods. I wonder if it's because because they overegged the Noldor slightly. Do you think? Maybe. <sighs> Because they made such a big deal of Galadriel, like, you know, and giving her this title of commander of the Northern Armies or whatever it is. Yeah. All sort of six, Decimus six Meridius elves thing. in the Northern. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But exactly, that's the point, right? I think that, that that's true, but there's like probably eight of them. <laughs> yeah. Whereas, as you say, you know, Numenor at this point is 
an ascendant power. But it's like, oh, this one elf shows up. We kind of hate the elves, but actually she's going to convince us to go to war with somebody we don't even know about. It's, it's, yeah. It just all didn't quite... And we'll send three boats and 300 people. Well, that, I think that's an also a great example of, of scale, right? Those boats looked absolutely tiny and somehow contained a hundred um, riders or something, right? Yeah, a hundred horses. Like, <laughs> but so by by comparison, I have a calendar hanging on the wall in here, which I just glanced at, which is like art that people have done of the fall of Numenor as written by Tolkien. And the architecture of Numenor is, in these pictures, like stupidly grand. Like there are towers miles high, like the Temple of Sauron, or the Temple of Morgoth is one, is is a picture. And it's like, it looks like, I don't even know what it looks like. It looks like the Golden Throne from 40k in scale. (laughs) And you just didn't get the sense from the Numenor that we saw on screen, that, that those two civilizations are the same. So I want that to feel better, I think. And I would hope if we spend more time in Numenor that it will do. I think there's a few issues with, with, with that potentially, right? One, I think they wanted to sort of make a big deal of Valinor. Right, and I guess they show it yeah. for a split second, and I think they do, and it's phenomenal. It's incredibly impressive for the split second that we see it. Yeah, and I think that, but that creates a bit of an issue. They're like, well, we can't make it grander than that, right? Because that that doesn't make any sense. The second issue Maybe. is there's just no there's just no need to have Numenor in the TV show at this point, if, if you know what I mean. As in, there's no need to have Numenor in all its grandeur and splendor because it's so overblown powerful when we, all we've seen is like four orcs. <laughs> we, we shouldn't have seen the capital of Numenor. I can't remember what it is at this time. It's not Anduni anymore. But we shouldn't have seen that. We should have seen like their least city on their eastern coast. Or something. Like I don't quite know how you do it. Maybe we didn't need Numenor at all. Uh, uh, yeah, part of me thinks we didn't need Numenor at all. Except I do want Elendil because he was one of the best things, and we need a seal door. Do we? But having Elendil is is, is 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 something that breaks my brain because like it's way too early, isn't it? They're just clearly <laughs> condensing the timeline. But I wonder if you could. I wonder if your first season you could have done such that you didn't have Numenor at all. Or you only see Numenor either at a distance or like travellers from Numenor? Uh, yeah. So- I, <laughs> this is, I love this. This episode is sensibly what we want to see in season two, but it's more like uh, what we should, what we wanted to see in season one. I, I think you can well, get away like with not having Numenor. To- Right, if you yeah. set it up in such a way, which they kind of did, right, with the the uh, the Southlands men mm. and women, but you know, Tolkien capital the, men, the, the men of the Southlands, yeah. And I think if you sort of build that struggle up in the way they sort of did, and then paint it in such a way that you know it's clear that the Noldor just don't have the capacity nor really the will to to deal with this. 
I always got the sense that it was will rather than capacity. They, like, Gilgalad can't be bothered. Well, yeah, because his like, Malon trees are dying and he needs Mithril, of yeah. course. Yeah. Here's logic. Uh, <laughs> but, it's true. But yeah, I, th- I think if you if you paint it in such a way, and then, and then you set it up so that Galadriel or um, the other elf guy whose name... Arendir. Yes, thank you. That essentially, that's how the last alliance starts, right? Kind of a random elf and a random woman from the Southlands are like, whoa, we need to do something about this. You, you create a little bit of a Baron and Luthien story, and you skip the whole Galadriel not, and Sauron thing. <laughs> or not a Baron and Luthien story, just a needs-must story. Yeah. So you don't do romance. I didn't like the Arendir romance. I think you just don't like romance in Lord of the Rings, do I you? I don't like romance in general. I'm ultimately dead and shriveled inside. But we've done... Aragorn and Arwen. We've done now Keeley and Tauriel. Like No, no, ev- that that no. Everyone no. is recreating no. a Baron and no. Luthien story. And the whole point of Aragorn and Arwen is that this doesn't happen very often. Okay, let me rephrase a bit, but you don't, you don't it doesn't necessarily have to be a romantic element to no, it. I know. It just has just, to be a uh, a cooperation between men and elves. Yes. And those were the obvious two characters, I think. Yeah, yeah, no, I know, I know. Because I think they worked quite well together. Good, they good did. Chemistry. They, and they did have good on-screen chemistry, so I'm just asking for them to take out one of the things that was actually good on-screen because I didn't like it. <laughs> Which I understand. Like, I'm, I'm nothing if not unreasonable. Yeah, that is unfortunately very true. But, yeah, and I think in that setting you don't, necessarily need Numenor, but equally I think you take Numenor out of season one and you're really left with very little. That's the problem. There's not a lot of content left if you take Numenor out of season one. You could have done more with Adar. I suppose. Uh, but could you? Not really. Unless you turn unless you make Adar a bigger threat. And actually, until like no, but it doesn't. It doesn't really work because you know that Sauron's a threat, and he kind of says he's not Sauron very early on. But but you you re you redo it so the threat is how do I, how do you make this work? So the threat is conveyed mostly through Arendir, right? So Arendir is de- keeps hearing of the threat of Adar, and and separately and he you know he's fighting he's struggling against it whatever he's trying to help the people of the southlands and separately you have galadriel in the north or wherever it is hunting for sauron and we the audience are being driven towards you're looking in the wrong place you're looking in the wrong place clearly adar is sauron he's in the southlands get to the southlands what are you doing galadriel and then eventually somehow a message gets from Arendir in the Southlands to Gilgalad or to Elrond. Like, there is trouble in the Southlands. You need to come. You need to come. I need help. And Galadriel is there. And she's like, this is Sauron. And Gilgalad's like, no, you've been looking for Sauron. He's clearly gone. This is nothing. Stop it. And then you can give Galadriel her moment of defiance where she's like, well, I'm fucking going. And my dad's more important than you'll ever be. So you don't get to stop me. And then she goes and joins Arendir fighting in the Southlands and she starts to believe and believe that Adar is Sauron because all of the signs are there, everything makes sense. 
And then you do the ad art reveal. Well, I'm not Sauron. I hate Sauron. And you go that way. Maybe. I don't hate it. But then you, I love that you snuck in the to, fact that her dad is more important than Gilgalad will ever be. <laughs> I feel like that's slightly contentious, perhaps. Eh. Gilgalad doesn't have a house named after him. But you know what I mean. Um, that, that bit was just me being funny, and it's a way for Galadriel to to be obstreperous. No, but, and equally, I mean, her, her dad is definitely much more badass than... Yeah, her, isn't her dad high king of all of the Noldor in Valinor? Yeah, but, you know, he's just too reasonable. Because he, he was That's just true. like, nah, fuck that shit. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> too wise to go make this mistake. No, I th- but I think that, that, that could work. So, so how do we engineer that in season two? How do we kind of retcon what happened in season one to create more suspense? Well, we can't really have any secrets anymore. There's going to be no who is Strange Person X because uh, we we know well, who Strange Person X is. Well, well, you could kill um, um, fuck me, I keep forgetting his name, Halbrand. <laughs> you could kill Halbrand on air. You could even have Galadriel do it. Or the Numenorians. I'm not sure that gets you anything, though. No, but it sort of gets you a reset of that whole storyline of like, oh, Sauron's gone. And Galadriel's like, no, he's not. I swear he's not. And then he's just chilling in Luminor. I don't want who is Sauron again. We've done that. It wasn't interesting. Well, it was vaguely interesting the first time. I don't want it again. It's the only little bit of intrigue that existed. Who is the stranger? Oh, but but talk about stuff you I didn't give a shit about. I did not give a shit about who the stranger was. And that's is. that is something that needs fixing in season two, I think. Like to, no, no. to to pull back to what we're trying to do. Not like if if you're going to do the stranger storyline, you need to give it stakes I care about. Yeah, but no, but uh, but they've done that but in precisely the wrong way. They've made the stakes too high because they've turned him into Gandalf. And they're only going to fuck up his character. But that's... that's Turning him into Gandalf is an absolute zero-stakes move because I know Gandalf's fate. He gets to sail west in, like, 6,000 years' time. Yeah. That's probably too many years. But, like, that that's, that's my point. By making the stranger Gandalf, you've pulled all of the stakes out of that storyline... Like, I don't know what... How can I possibly care about that storyline? Because all of the important stuff that Gandalf is going to do, I've seen. I've seen it on screen. He's done it. But it's in the Third Age. He finds the Bringbearer. He in, he starts the quest. He defeats the Balrog. He crowns the the king. Yes, but he, he, does he all is, that the, he is the DM Age. of Lord of the Rings. Yes, we know. <coughs> he is the DMPC. <laughs> so, <laughs> just like here's here's my totally non-playable character who's way more powerful and important than yeah, anyone else. Yeah. Um, no, follow I follow him as he has adventures. Yeah. See what I, what I'd love for Gandalf. It's unfortunate he's Gandalf because I, I did I was a big fan of him being a blue wizard. But I, I hope hmm. that he goes east, as he says, and interacts with the blue wizards. 
Yes. But what's actually going to happen is that they're going to obviously write in Saruman. Yes. And we're going to get a little White Council thing, because then we'll have Saruman, Galadriel, and Gandalf, and Elrond. And Gilgalad. Ah, yeah, but... Who I think is a founding member. Gilgachad. Do we we care about Gilgachad that much? (laughs) Speaking of things that I want in Season 2, give me more Gilgalad actually being awesome. Well, give me some Gilgalad actually being awesome. I'd like to see that at some point. Even remotely likeable. Or, or like, seemingly care about anything. Show me the last great High King of the Noldor in all of his grandeur. Show me the man that binds together the last alliance with Elendil, or the elf. Show me the the, the elf that wrestles with Sauron. Yeah, yeah. Show me that. I mean, to be fair, the Gilgalad that they cast absolutely could wrestle with Sauron. Absolutely. But I I think this is something they didn't quite get right, because they tried to turn it into a slightly sort of political spiel. It's like, ha ha, droll that the High King of the Noldor is a bit of a douche. It's like, yeah, but... It's, it's, I'm he not saying should, that the High King of the Noldor can't be a douche, but it's... He it, should be painfully arrogant. Yeah, he's the High King of the fucking Noldor. Like, yeah, he's the, going to be exactly. ridiculously overblown in whatever direction he goes, right? <laughs> but I thought they got... Finn Rod right... Like, that was a really good casting. And he he was someone who could have been High King of the Noldor in the way that he acted. He was just phenomenally self-assured in everything, every time we saw him. Like he, yeah. He, he carried himself with a natural arrogance. Gilgalad's arrogance felt really put on. Yeah. Like, he was acting arrogant because he thought that's how he should act as High King of the Noldor, rather than just because I'm literally the dog's bollocks. Yeah, I, I, I think they I, got him him wrong. And I'd love to see a bit of a redemption for, for him in season two. Yes. I really want a redemption for him in season two. But what's actually gonna happen is that because he's obviously wrong about the whole Sauron thing, he's gonna get really deferential to Galadriel. Which I did advocate for last time because it's like how how dare you speak to Galadriel like that? You know, she's way more badass than you are, but equally He's the High King. <laughs> so, yeah. You know. So I, I don't know how they're going to do that, but I just have no faith that they'll do it. That they'll do it well. Sadly, <laughs> unless you do a Gilgalad shows Galadriel behind the curtain, and he goes, and she she goes to him, and she's like, "Oh, you know, I was right about Sauron. You were wrong." And he goes, "No, no, I knew." And I knew that you would seek him out no matter what I did. And it was fundamental. I know, I get it. It's 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 a Varys play. It's a Xanathos Gambit, all of that. But that is a way for him to be like, I needed you to do this. But I also needed everyone who's not you and doesn't have your, you know, your brother and your father's lineage to not freak the fuck out that we're still at war because we are still at war. But I have to tell everyone that we're at peace. I don't know. It's it's weak, but you could sort of do it that way. I, I hate think. that. That is actually an elegant solution for the shit they're in. This what they're the, actually I, going I, to do is like I was Sauron all along, but you know, <laughs> I have Gilgalad locked in a tower, <laughs> and then Henry Cavill rips his way out of a tower because they cast him as Gilgalad. <laughs> well, yeah, if, if if that Gilgalad is Sauron, then you do need a Henry Cavill to to wrestle him. So. <laughs> 
the, the stakes get ever higher or the or the, the actors yeah. get ever bigger rather um, <laughs> yeah the, the packs continue to grow yeah no so I, I, that's not a, that's not a bad solution I, I, the, the problem is it I, I sort of disagree it is a bad solution but it's at least a solution to the problem that they've written themselves in yeah, yeah it's it's not it's not elegant if you were starting from scratch but I think if if you're no. gonna save face for him that this is so sort of where you go with it. What I think they're missing a trick on as well to the point is, you know, the fact that he hears a Feanor's line, right? And I think that that... He must be a Feanor's line. Is he a Feanor? No, of course no, he's not. He, Celebrimbor no, he's not. is. He's the only one of Feanor's line left. Celebrimbor Wyatt. is the last Feanorian. Uh, Madros, I suppose. Madros? Is he of the line? Yeah. Yeah, one of his sons, so Is yeah. he of Fingolf? He must be of Fingolfin's line. Who? Gilgalad. Oh, didn't we look this up? He's like... Uh, no, f- f- Fingon. Fing? No, because that's the Golden House. Which is what Galadriel is a member of. No, no, Fingon is Fingolfin's son. Oh, God, kill Galad. Expertise is overrated, folks. We are here with all the answers. Excuse, excuse us, we're just um, ah. I'm just going to go to the the Tolkien project. It's the only. It's the best way to go. Gilgalad, son of Orodreth. That's who you always confuse with uh, Orofer. Grandson of yeah, Angrod, House of Finarfin. Okay, so the House of Finarfin. So actually, he's, Finarfin. yeah. Th- this was the issue, right? That he's oh, like, yeah, he's like, he's Galadriel's like Galadriel's nephew. younger nephew or or cousin or something. Which is kind of weird. Oh, it's confusing, isn't it? Because Galadriel is Fenarfin's daughter, and F- Gilgalad is Fenarfin's great grandson. Oh, Maglor disappeared. Yeah, so Maglor's Maglor. still out there, probably. Yeah. Because this is the thing, right? So, because they're making a big deal of Elrond living. In Gilgalad's court, yeah, and Gilgalad essentially rescues. Well, sort of rescues the right word, but he finds Elrond and Elros right after the last sons of Feanor do some mental shit again. The, the however many Kingslayings it was, Kingslaying <laughs> or whatever it is. And yet, I, yeah, I feel that relationship is still. That's also like a little bit weird, right? Why did they make Gilgalad so hostile towards Elrond? Well, maybe not hostile, but no, because he's so, like he's of, genuinely like his father. Yeah, effectively, yeah. <sighs> it's so weird. So speaking of Elrond, then dwarves. I think that's. <laughs> I love that it's speaking of Elrond. Dwarves. dwarves. <laughs> <laughs> so, so that's going to be really interesting, I guess, because what what will happen there? One assumes is also interaction with Sauron, right? Because one of the Seven but, Rings will be given to. Um, during the younger, yeah, one assumes, but like if I sort of they've missed a trick here because if you want your Game of Thrones political drama analog, the dwarves are where you should put it, not the Noldor. I think, and then you sort of pivot the dwarves into the Numenorians when you get to Farazon's coup, because they've written a political drama there. Deesa's plotting a coup. To be fair, I don't really want much to change about the dwarves. I just want them but, to keep 
but you can sort of play on, on, on something that did actually happen in the canon, right? Where the, the dwarves killed... Um, fuck me. Thingol. Right? Yes, one of, the, one of yeah. the greatest elven kings of all time. Yeah. So that's something you could you could kind of play into, like a, a dwarf conflict that spills spills into Middle-earth, like a dwarf-elven conflict or something along mm -hmm. those lines. Yeah, you could do. The kind of sets up the bad blood that we see in The Lord of the Rings, for example. Yeah, because we don't really get much of a sense from what we've seen so far that there's that much bad blood between the elves and the dwarves, and certainly nothing to explain the hostility between Legolas and... Gimli mm. at, the, at the Council of Elrond in, in Fellowship. Because also Celebrimbor still has to make the door, doesn't he? Celebrimbor still has to carve the doors of Durin. Yeah. So there's definitely a lot of stuff there. What's stalling me is, is I think what the show is going to suffer from is distance. Because there's oh, a lot of plots, the but they're all very far apart, especially if Gandalf's going to go east. They're just going to do the Game of Thrones thing. And just slowly condense the world down to like eight characters. Yeah, this could be really annoying. But it's it's unclear at this point how they all actually intersect without some bullshit like the Mithril storyline. Yeah, right. Because Gandalf well, going he, east ultimately has no bearing on anybody else in that show at the moment, unless he does something to drive the east into. Well, no, because we've seen people from the east and they already love Sauron. Exactly. Like, there's nothing. So there's no even, story there. He's got to think he's heading east, but actually head west. That's the only answer. <laughs> he just ends up in the Shire. Just says, so "Hey, you're an elf," and it's just Kier done. <laughs> Hold on a second. I don't. And then the yeah. show becomes the training of Gandalf by Kier the shipwright. <laughs> It's just Gandalf lifting bits of yeah. boat. I would watch that. I would watch a season of just Gandalf training montage. Kirdan. The role of Mr. Miyagi will be played by Kirdan the shipwright. You're so right. It's going to happen, right? Gandalf is going to accidentally go west. He's going to have a training montage with Kirdan, and then the eagles are going to carry him all the way east. <laughs> nice. Perfect. Love it. <laughs> but they're like, no, no, you need to go this way. Are you idiot? But genuinely, I think that that's going to be. It is going to be a problem. You're right. Because I don't, I don't see how his storyline ties into anything else at the moment. It's unclear. I mean, it's unclear how Numenor is going to tie into anything else at the moment as well, right? Because I mean, after the explosion, They've they're surely just going to fuck off, aren't they? Yeah, they're going to take Muriel back. Muriel's blind. Farazon. Oh, but in the next mm. four seasons, Numenor has to come to Middle-earth in strength, take Sauron back to Numenor in chains. Sauron has to subvert the leadership of Numenor, convince them to worship Morgoth, convince them to sail against Valinor Numenor needs to be drowned beneath the sea and Elendil and his sons have to found Gondor and Arnor yes 
That feels like quite a lot of things. Yes. <laughs> it, it is quite a lot there of things. <laughs> <coughs> I'm not quite sure. I was hoping for more of an idea from you of how so, to do it. No, that's the, you, you've covered it um, very succinctly for once. <laughs> I was I just sort of thinking, why. like, the founding of Gondor. Oh, I mean... You just sort of wonder why, right? If their first foray back into Middle-earth was they went to the Southlands, got blown up by a volcano, why would you settle the lands right next to it? To set a watch, I guess. What, on a volcano? <laughs> well, no, on Mordor, you dimwit. Yeah, but they, but they don't really know that Mordor is a thing. True, that's true. We just had a title card where the name Southlands changed to Mordor. Yeah, and ultimately all, all <laughs> they knew about was a, a, a relatively small host of orcs led by some some guy. Dude with red hair. Yeah. <laughs> And then, you know, yeah. we, we cut to, is it, I guess it's not Rivendell, right? Lindon somewhere, right, wasn't it? It's Lindon. And then it's revealed that um, Halbrand is Sauron. But I don't think, I don't know if anyone's actually linked the two things. <laughs> no. Certainly not the no, Numenorians, because why would they? They wouldn't. They'd have no reason to. That's dumb as fuck. So it's like... I know where we'll settle, right next to this really active fucking thing that blew us up last time. Yeah. It's all those great hats that Elendil wears. They make his head too hot. He can't think properly. <laughs> well, maybe what they'll do in the show is they'll settle Arnor first, and then because it gets increasingly more and more bizarre out in the Southlands, they, they set yeah, a watch. I think that's right. Well, Ar Arnor is the chief of the... It's the chief, but don't they the settle... Realms? Don't they settle the south first? Because that's where they land, no? They do land. I don't know. And then they sort of carve a path through the... Um, through the, the, the Gap of Rohan and up the... Yeah, yeah. the White Mountains? Is that what they're called? No, it's the... Oh, the ones by, by Gondor and Rohan. Yes, those are the White Mountains. And then, yeah, through the Gap and, and up north to Eregion. To Anuminus. I can't wait for a completely pointless introduction of Erebor and Dale. Yeah, they're going to get added, aren't they? Gandalf is 100% going to end up there. That's true. That is where Gandalf's going, isn't it? Which would be another dwarf king, actually. So another interesting play for the rings. That, that is something I generally actually want to yeah. see how they handle, right? How does Sauron actually get the dwarves? Get the dwarves to get take the rings. people to take the rings. Yeah. And also, how does he not know that the elves forged the rings when he was sort of there forging them? I don't know. Yeah, that's going to be... I, it, it'll be the dagger. It won't be knowledge. It'll be the dagger. Sauron doesn't have access to Valinorian silver and gold. He only has access to silver and gold in Middle-earth. So the rings that they make without the Valinorian dagger will all be will all be related, but the Valinorian dagger will be such that it puts mm. them beyond the power of the one. That'll be the solution for that. 
That is that's still something that confuses me so much because yeah, they're beyond the power of the one, but their power is an extra inexorably linked to the one, even though they precede yeah. the one. Because in the canon, they succeed the one. No, 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 no. They still they're, precede they're, oh. the one. No, they must be the first. They have to be the first, otherwise. No, because they make ultimately the one. The one is the last one anyway that is made. The one is the last one because Sauron puts it on, and then the three, the bearers of the three, take them off. Which does imply that it's got power over the three, but then it's it so, doesn't. I, sorry, I think, but it doesn't. I think it does have some power, some measure of power over them, but they're not his in the way that the others are. It, so his hand yeah. wasn't involved in their forging, so they're not... The rings themselves are not corrupted by his influence. But Except the that we nature see of their... Forge the rings in the show. The nature of their forging... The technique used in their forging enables him to bind them to the one, but they don't have the sort of draining, corruptive effect. Yeah, I've, I've never the, assumed it was a sort of binding. I always thought it was a sort of everyone's aware of each other. Which is bad enough? No, the one, the bearer of the one can bind, can force the others to his will, if his will is strong enough. Yeah, it's sort of the I same think, thing. I, I, I think. Yeah, it's true. It's it. The, is it the the, it's is a great scene the actually day, in the Lord yeah. of the Rings, right? When um, at the mirror of Galadriel. Yes. When it turns out that Frodo is actually aware of the ring, and Sam's like, what ring? <laughs> yeah, the starlight glinting through her fingers. But yeah, it's like, you know, if you if you tried, you could sort of see me and all that sort of jazz. Yeah. Which would be the, quite the, funny the, to, to witness. The, fact of, the mere fact of possession of the ring gives you special status. Yeah. Well, and also it just turns out that Frodo is actually just using the ring without really... Yeah, he's, yeah. he's exerting some is, level yeah. of command over it. Mm -hmm. It over him, depending on how you want to see it, I suppose. Yeah. So, okay, no, so, so many thoughts about Rings of Power Season 2. Well, arguably more about Season 1. Are you looking forward to Rings of Power Season 2? I wasn't. Well, yes, I am, because I love Tolkien, and I will consume all of the Tolkien that I can get in whatever fashion I can get it. That's a lie. And I, I will, I will guarantee that you have not played the Gollum game or the Minds okay. of Warrior game. No, that all right. Fair enough. <laughs> um, most Lawyers. of the Tolkien I can get. Um, I don't think the Golan game is very Tolkien. <laughs> well, because Rings of Power is. It's more Tolkien. But I think Wheel of Time Season 2 convinced me that we should give these programs another chance because Wheel of Time Season 2 is really good. I really enjoyed it in a way that I didn't think I was necessarily going to. Mm. And it almost retrospectively made season one better. So I think Rings of Power is going to get another chance. Mm. 
for me. What about you? Yeah, up until I saw an article recently about the casting choice, I think, for Sauron, I hadn't given it any thought. <laughs> Which I think is quite telling, isn't it? Because I, I, I do quite, crave quite... Tolkien in any shape or form. It is quite a damning indictment. It's just... Like, it's there. When, when I... We should be its target audience. We are yeah, its target audience. Yeah, we are its target audience. audience. And when, I, when I think back to Rings of Power, before we recorded this episode the first time around... Mm. The, the the things that sort of came to my mind first were like, oh yeah, good casting choices a lot of the time. Yeah. Um, great shots, like really evocative of what Middle-earth could would have looked like were yeah. a real place and <laughs> were we in the second age and in the first age. And, and it, it had a lot going for it. But then the more you sort of think, the, the more you remember the just the, the sheer amount of bullshit that they managed to write in for no mm. good reason I think that's absolutely right I mean it's really telling I think that neither of us have discussed the Harfoots at all well but they've, they've sort of written themselves out anyway so they've written themselves out. we haven't we haven't mentioned Nori once despite the fact that she's going with yeah but that Gandalf. has me concerned like the scenes are just going to be a still relatively incapable Gandalf and then Nori, like, what, Nori. what are they going to be like? It's just going to be awful, isn't it? And that, yeah, I know. And also, we haven't spoken about the Whoopi Goldberg, not Whoopi Goldberg, Rube Goldberg uh, machine to actually set off Mount Doom. <laughs> with, with the dam and the sword. That so like, just came out of nowhere. <laughs> like, like, what the fuck? But it's also clearly like an evil, corrupting sword. And we, we were all being like, oh, does it mean that the kid's going to end up the Witch King? Or is the essence of Sauron bound into the sword and it's going to overtake? Nope. I know, so so much nope, more elegant. Nope, no. Kid's still going to be the Witch King. Mark my words. Kid's still 100% yeah, the Witch King. <laughs> 100% going to be the Witch King still. But only because we said it. We had this... Yeah, that's true. Like, we'll have rewritten their plans they would have listened to this I, I episode really, and gone whoa that's fucking genius <laughs> yeah, I really liked the idea of using Theo as our, a barometer almost for the corruption of Middle Earth and like as Middle Earth is on the up Theo is nicer and then as Middle Earth becomes more corrupted you can see Sauron's influence like working on him yeah I like that as an idea but nope like nope just, the, just get away from us the sword damn tunnels volcano thing i think was the worst bit of the show it was so stupid uh, second worst what was the worst me thrill somehow curing trees I, I just can't get past that like if that's the me only thrill. way you can get the dwarves and the elves to interact with each other for your story that i mean come on that's such that's bullshit that do really better bad. i didn't <laughs> I didn't need Mithril to be more special than it was. Exactly. Like, it's just a really cool, precious metal. Like, that's that's fine. We can all accept that. Yeah. Like, the waning of the elves can be, you know, can tie that into the dwarves in another way, I'm sure. Yeah. Just make it easier. Like, we'll oh, we're not, we're not going to be buying a Mithril from you anymore, because we're not here. 
don't have the elves waning or make their waning tied to the rise of a darkness in the Southlands, which forces Gilgalad to send Galadriel to investigate why there's more darkness in the Southlands, because there's a power there that's strong enough that it's having a negative impact on whoa, the elves. Whoa, whoa, but you can't, you can't send Galadriel to investigate in the South. She's the commander of the armies of the North. That's what true. a slap in the face uh, of the commander of the armies of the South. Who is probably Galadriel's <laughs> husband. <laughs> Can you go and check on what Celeborn is up to, don't you? Not heard from him for like 4,000 years. <sighs> so, I mean, potentially excited, but equally no idea yeah. when it's coming out. Like, it could be another year. So, they do have a long time to fuck it up. But I mean, and the writer's strike do concern me just from a like disruption to the process perspective like that could have a big negative impact or it could have had a big positive impact right when they actually sort of looked at it and went wow (laughs) we need to try again i don't need a backstory i don't need a backstory for sauron i don't need someone to try and make me feel sorry for sauron just make him evil and just leave it at that that'd be much truer to tolkien yeah the sauron is not nuanced there's no suggestion that he's, you know, got any sort of rightness about him. He's just evil. Just leave it that way. Uh, there's an episode there, I think, genuinely. Is that true? Probably not. Because, I mean, talking is one of these examples, right, where there is definitely a, like a, a supposedly defined evil. But given that Sauron is effectively a fallen angel, can can he be saved? Food for thought. Maybe some sizzle there. I don't know. There's, I think there's I some sizzle there. We talk about Morgoth the same way. <laughs> I've just been in something like a day-long discussion about fallen angels on a different Discord server. So the thought of doing more talking about it fills me with absolute whoa, whoa, whoa. dread. You talk about this sort of shit with other people other than me? I'm afraid so. It's the only way I can get intelligent discussion that about it. Is, I, I feel wounded and hurt. And I'm disappointed okay. in you. Okay. Also, I will it, have to live with it also, your disappointment. It also explains why your arguments get worse and worse. <laughs> You're interacting with idiots, I'm sorry. Uh, I'm, I'm also not sorry. Well played. All right, As I he think drains that's... a glass of whiskey. <laughs> yeah, um... Let us know, I suppose. What do you think? Are you looking forward to season yeah, two of Rings of Power? Could you not give less of a shit? What would... Here's a question. Here's a genuine question for the audience. What would Amazon have to do to get you to come back to Rings of Power? Is it nothing? Are you just going to watch it anyway? Or would what would they have to change? What would they have to commit to you? Jeff Bezos has to come to your house and promise you what in order for you to... Watch Rings of Power season two. That's a very good question because I currently don't have Prime, so I would have to get Prime in order to watch season two. Well, yeah. Well, what's going to force you to get Prime? Well, I was going to watch Wheel, Wheel of Wheel of Power. <laughs> no, Wheel, Wheel of Time. Of power. Um, that could be our show. Wheel of Power. The combination of the two. We'll take all <laughs> the worst bits and somehow make it good. That'd be quite a fun writing challenge. Um, no, I was going to do Wheel of Time, but you know. Who genuinely has the time? Um, it's fair. It's a fair challenge. You know, I've got to talk to idiots once a 
week on a Monday. So, <laughs> is that when your cheats are? Uh, no, actually, I don't think I've ever had one on Monday. Way to absolutely shit on your students, but never mind. <laughs> well, no, 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 no further comment. <laughs> uh, they're, they're all right. They're pretty good. <laughs> Sometimes they're okay, half decent. <laughs> you don't hate them all. I don't hate them all. No, no. I think we should wrap it up there. Huh? <laughs> yeah, you're, you're we're, digging we're doing that stalling just... thing, and we just can't end. Uh, oh, because, oh, because that's because I'm ending. That's why. Okay, I see. Yeah, yes. I've been waiting for you to end for about ten minutes. Oh well, I feel like I'd filibuster a little bit more. No, no, maybe oh. not. <laughs> You're just gonna hang up the call. <laughs> okay. Well, thank you all so very much for listening to this episode of Expertise is Overrated. No doubt we've said some things that were either objectively wrong or downright offensive. As ever, feel free to let us know, rate the podcast and leave us a comment, or drop us an email at expertiseisoverrated at gmail.com, tweet us at zero expertise, check out our website expertiseisoverrated.podbean.com, or come join us on our Discord server. If you're lucky, we might just argue with you in one of our upcoming episodes. If you're really lucky, we might call you an idiot. Come back next time for some more absolute nonsense.